At Operation Tango Romeo, we are on a mission to save lives and relieve pain by making peer support for post-traumatic stress disorder easily accessible. With a vision of a world where finding help and support is simple and the path to recovery is clear. I am your OPSO, Mark Meinke, and this is Operation Tango Romeo, the Trauma Recovery Podcast. Today we are talking about how to give the greatest gift you can possibly give any human being, which is affirmation. Affirmation is the number one human emotional need. So we're going to be talking about how to give that to someone. How that's relevant to Operation Tango Romeo is mental health first aid. I just got my little certification course. Yay for me. And really, at the end of the day, it was all about how to affirm the person in crisis and not make it worse by making it about you. By affirming their feelings, their situation, and not pooping on it and diminishing it in any way. So what is the barrier? What is the barrier to being a good listener and providing affirmation? The barrier is our own personal ego. We all got one. It is an ugly beast, that ego. And it is powerful. Just as an example, uh, the ego is so powerful, that need for affirmation, that there's something called stolen valor, where people will put on uniforms that they did not earn and put on medals that they did not earn, show up at a Remembrance Day ceremony just in the hopes that somebody's going to come up to them and say, hey, thank you for your for your service. That's what they're looking for. They're looking for that bit of affirmation, that idea, that, that feeling that they are worth something. And that's a pretty big thing to do. It's a pretty horrible thing if uh, you are a stolen valor type of person. It's a horrible thing to do, standing in the blood of others. But as Jesus said on the cross, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. And they don't. These stolen valor types, they don't get it. They don't understand the sacrifice of medals. Any medal on a chest is uh, hard come by. They are hard earned and shouldn't not be trivialized. Anyway, that's another rabbit hole. Uh, the point is, is that the number one human emotional need is affirmation, and people will go to extreme lengths to get that affirmation. So if you want to be super nice and super cool, give that affirmation and give it properly. If somebody's in crisis, they need that affirmation really, really bad because they might be feeling like an idiot. They might be feeling weak. They might be feeling like they don't deserve to feel the way that they are feeling in that moment. And you don't want to encourage those negative feelings. We want to help them. We want to avoid suicide. We want to avoid depression, avoid homelessness. And we do this by simply affirming, at least when somebody's in a crisis, it's uh, something that does not make it worse. So ego is the barrier to being a good listener, to being good at affirming others, because we tend to make it about ourselves, to make it about us. Um, as an example, let's say you're on a blind date. And on that blind date, we'll make uh, a guy the bad guy here in this scenario. And uh, you're on a blind, you're a lady, you're on a blind date with uh, a fella, and he comes in dressed super sharp in an obviously expensive suit with uh, $500 shoes, and he sits down to you, 
a little overly confident, this fella, and he's and he throws his keys on on the table so that you can see that they're Ferrari keys, and he just starts telling you about his day, about how busy he is and how important he is, and then starts name dropping these. CEOs and important people and celebrities that he's met and because he is so interesting to himself. So of course he's going to think that you're interested in how interested, interesting he is. Hey baby, you are lucky. I have dates all the time with all these amazing supermodels, but today you are sitting across from me. How lucky are you? Let me tell you this car I got, Oh, I bought it brand new. It's not a lease. I paid cash for it because I'm something else. It's the third one I've had in three years. I just got to keep up to date. I, matter of fact, the dealership loves me so much that they feature me in their magazine as the ideal Ferrari owner. That type of, type of stuff. Ugh, gross. But even though that's an extreme example, people do that all the time. They do that about their service, uh, whether it's military or first responder. We all know that person that exaggerates a little bit or likes to talk about themselves and their exploits and doesn't like hearing anybody else's stories. No, no. When they get around the table over a few beers, well, do I got a story to tell you? And they love to tell their story and they hate it when somebody else has got a story, especially if their story's better. You don't cheer on the person with a better story. You try to top them and one-up them. That's ego, folks. If that sounds like you, if that is a little look in the mirror for you, you are automatically not going to be a great help in a crisis situation. Not until you get a, whole, a grip of that stuff. You got to get a grip on that. Learn to keep your ego in your back pocket. If you don't, you very well may do more harm than good. So, Here's how you do it. We're going to use a tool called the pain funnel that I am totally borrowing from Sandler Training. Thank you, Sandler Training. This is should not be a breach of my non-disclosure agreement. It is proprietary to Sandler Training, um, but it is an investigative tool that I've adopted for active listening. So it's an active listening model. And here's how it goes. So you see somebody, they're in a speed wobble. Maybe they've reached out, I can't take it anymore or some other ideation that gives you a hint that somebody is really, really having a tough time. When that conversation happens and you reach out and say, hey man, is it okay if we talk? And actually, let's start there. Instead of saying, hey, you can call me, it's kind of like giving somebody your business card and saying, oh yeah, yeah, call me. They never do. If you care, you make contact. You make contact. You reach out to them or say to them, dude, call me now, or sister, call me now. So that conversation starts. What's going on is your first question. Write that down. You got a pen and paper handy? If not, go back to this episode. We're at the seven-minute mark here of the main dialogue. Go back to it, and it's just, what's going on is your first question. Then whatever they say, I'm frustrated with, I'm concerned about, I'm angry that, or I'm sad, or I'm feeling overwhelmed. Whatever it is that they say, your next question is, tell me more. 
Tell me more about that. So the first question you say is, hey, what's going on? And they're going to tell you, I'm frustrated with, concerned about, I'm sorry, I skipped a step. Affirm them first. Say, hey, that sounds really hard. Tell me more about that. So affirm it. Okay. That sounds really hard or that sounds really frustrating. The best way is to use whatever language they did. If they say, I'm frustrated with, then they tell you what they're frustrated with. The affirmation is using their own language, which was frustrated. That sounds frustrating. Yeah, it is. Now you're using their terminology. You're speaking their language. They're going to feel more affirmed if you do that. If they say, oh, it's been really hard because, and then they tell you your story, the key word there, the verb was hard. So, oh man, that does sound hard. Yeah, I know, right? And then the second question, tell me more. Now, if you do nothing more than what we've just covered, those three steps, what's going on? Then the affirmation, ooh, that sounds hard or difficult or frustrating or whatever word that they use to describe the situation, use the same word back. Tell me more about that. Man. Just those three. And you're going to be way ahead and far, far less likely to cause harm. Okay, so after the tell me more, if you really want to be a superhero at listening, after tell me more, it's how long has this been going on? How long has this been going on? Now, you might not be able to use the rest of these in order, so you have to be a little bit late on your feet, but that is generally the Next question, how long has this been going on? The next one is, what's the impact? What's the impact that this has had on your life? And you can throw in an extra affirmation there if you like, because that does sound hard. Man. So what's the impact? What's the impact that this has had on you personally, on your income, on your ability to keep a job on your family, on your living situation? Like, how has this hit you? Oh man, that's rough. Let's start from the top. What's going on is the beginning of the conversation. Then the affirmation, oh, that sounds difficult or frustrating. Tell me more about that. How long has it been going on? Oh man, what's the impact that this has had on your life and your like family and like, what's the impact, man? Now here's a couple that are really important. If you don't want to blow up the situation, because right now, even if you make it this far down the pain funnel, everybody wants to jump out of the funnel and give a solution. Don't do it. Don't do it. You got more questions to ask. So what's going on? That must be hard. Tell me more. How long has it been going on? What's the impact that this has had on you and your family? And then the next one. What have you tried to do to fix this? Like, what have you been doing so far to deal with this? And you're going to get some interesting answers. Some very important answers. They're going to tell you 
probably their coping mechanisms, like, oh, I've been drinking or drugs or whatever it is that they've been doing. What have you been doing to cope, to cope, to deal with this? Like, how are you surviving right now? Now that you're really going to want to start giving advice at this point, don't do it. You're not done. So you ask them what's going on, and then they're going to tell you a much more of a story about what they've been trying to do and whether or not it worked. And you really got to listen carefully. They're going to tell you so much here, and you're going to learn so much. If you skip this, then you're going to be prescribing them something that they've already tried and has failed. Then they know you're not listening. They know you're not understanding. Listen first. Let's start from the top. The conversation starts, hey, tell me what's going on. Then whatever they say, oh, that must be hard. Tell me more about that. How long has it been going on? What's the impact that that's had on your family and on you? And then after impact, so what have you done to try to fix that so far? Because you don't want to tell them something that they've already tried. And then, did it work? And they'll tell you what worked. Well, how well did it work? And at this point, this is the point of when you ask them, did it work? If they say, yeah, actually it did. Then instead of you giving them advice, they've kind of given themselves advice. And people will talk themselves out of a hole. It's, it's a fascinating thing if you actually use this pain funnel correctly. So... What have you done to fi try to fix it in the past? And did that work? Like, what worked the best for you out of all of these different things? And then if they give you a solution that has worked in the past, so why aren't you still doing that? Is there something stopping you from continuing to do that? What's going on, man? That is a good question, because maybe there is. Maybe what used to work in the past doesn't work anymore. As an example, uh, to self-medicate, I used to go for forest walks. Now there's a thing called forest bathing I'm going to have to learn more about. But these forest walks are what I used to do. And so if at this point in the conversation you're like, oh, you should go for a forest walk, I'm going to want to punch you in the face. Because you don't know how painful it is to me that those forest walks don't work anymore. At least they didn't have it for years. So if you tell me, that, oh, just go do that again. But that's actually my biggest pain. My biggest frustration is that what used to work doesn't work. You just made a situation so much worse. So don't do that. Did it work? What did you do before to, to cope with this, to get through? And is it still working or is it not working anymore? The next question after this is, after you've really listened to what have you done to fix it, in the past, or what are you thinking to do to fix it now? What has worked for you in the past? After they've told you that story, then the, then the next question is, and this is a big one, have you given up? Have you given up? Because if they say yes, you've got somebody on suicide watch here. You've got somebody that's really in, uh, in the danger zone, in the red zone, if they've given up. Might be time to get him in the car and get him to a hospital. Call 911. 
take them personally to the OSI clinic or make a phone call to Veterans Affairs or whatever your support system is. If they've given up, you need professional help. Fast. Then the last question in the pain funnel, and this is the big one, and people go for this right off the bat instead of going through this whole investigative pain funnel to understand on a deeper level. So how do you feel about that? How do you feel about all this? And then you're going to be at the core of the matter. Let's go through the pain funnel from the top. So you are talking to somebody who is really having a bad time of it. First question, what's going on? Second question, or the first and only statement in this whole thing. First question, what's going on? And then the affirmation statement, which is, ooh, that really sounds difficult. The next one after that, tell me more about that. How long has it been going on? What impact has this had on your life? What have you done so far to try to fix it? Did it work? Does it still work? Have you given up? How do you feel about all that? Now, you might not get down to the how do I feel question. But either way, if you use these in more or less the order that I've just given them to you, it doesn't have to be in the exact order. But if at one point or another you're able to ask every single one of these questions, remembering to give affirmation to them, preferably in their own language, if they say angry, oh, that sounds angering. If they say I'm frustrated, that sounds frustrating. If they say sad, that sounds depressing. That's the best way to use an affirmation term for them. Okay? So, um, what I'm hoping for here is to get feedback on this episode. This is a big one, guys. This is a big one. This is everything that you need to know about active listening. Now, you don't have to just use it with somebody that's in crisis. Hell, if you're selling cars... And somebody, this is exactly the type of stuff that you want to find out if you want to make a relationship with somebody. Because by asking these questions, only through asking these questions, can you help somebody truly feel heard. Just by keeping your pie hole shut and listening is pretty good. If you can do that miraculous act, which very few few people can, if you can just shut your pie hole and do nothing more than listen, you're ahead of the crowd by a country mile. Now, if you can shut your pie hole, Listen and understand. Man, you are in an elite class. But if you can shut your pie hole, listen and understand to and affirm, you are a gem. You are being a truly valuable resource in the life of somebody else. You are giving a gift to somebody that they will never, ever forget. It's not easy to do. It sounds simple. But it's not all that easy. This is something that takes practice. Visualize it. Visualization exercises are are really good for this. Imagine uh, the last conversation that you had where they just got more mad instead of less mad. People get mad when they don't feel heard. People get frustrated when they don't feel heard. This is the solution to that. 
This is how you listen well. Whether it's with your spouse, your children, a friend, a colleague, if you can master this skill, you will be a more valuable human being on this planet. You will be able to help more. And here's the magic. It's actually selfish. Even though I'm just talking about giving, 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 giving of respect, giving of your time, it comes back to you. The love that comes back to you after you've given the love of affirmation and active listening is incredible. You create real bonds, meaningful, lasting bonds with human beings, real connections by using the skill of active listening. Because active listening is the greatest gift you could ever give anybody. If you were to give somebody a Ferrari, they'd say that's pretty cool. If that Ferrari was owned by their favorite uncle and there's a story behind it and they gave it to you, then it's more meaningful. But that Ferrari pales in comparison to helping somebody feel truly valuable, like they matter on this planet. The only way to do that, the best way to do that, is to shut your pie hole, listen, affirm, and truly understand the situation of another human being. That is the greatest gift that you can possibly give. Thank you for listening to Operation Tango Romeo. Share, share like the sugar bear, because sharing is caring. And this episode in particular couldn't be more important. So use this information on all these different episodes. Use it to increase your skills and to help others that are in crisis so that they feel heard. I am your OPSO, Mark Meinke. This is Operation Tango Romeo. At Operation Tango Romeo, we are on a mission to save lives and relieve pain by making peer support for post-traumatic stress disorder easily accessible with a vision of a world where finding help and support is simple and the path to recovery is clear. I am your OPSO, Mark Meinke, and this is Operation Tango Romeo, the Trauma Recovery Podcast. (laughs) 